the work that we are doing here as millennials, as millennial women who are reclaiming our bodies is 100% um transforming the fabric of the universe like we are changing the destiny of humanity by reclaiming our pelvis and there has been a long history thousands of years of the female pelvis being commodified of being like owned by someone else of being not ours and so when we as women reclaim this place in ourselves, uh, we are changing timelines. And that is what plant medicine continuously reveals to me is that we are changing timelines. You're listening to the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and my greatest passion is to help you transform your doubt into the courage you crave to activate your thriving business from the inside out. As a Kundalini business mentor, speaker, and modern medicine priestess, I believe the world's ready for your medicine more than ever. By embracing all facets of our human experience, we have the power to cultivate a conscious tomorrow today. Every Wednesday, I gather some of the greatest leaders, teachers, and revolutionists of our time to talk about all things social justice, personal empowerment, and what it takes for you to up-level your business and life. It's time for more good people making good money, doing great things in the world. Best believe this is the place that's going to take you there. If you're ready to unleash your medicine and revolutionize the world as we know it, I invite you to dive in and join us on this wild ride. Hello, 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 and welcome to a new episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and I'm beyond thrilled to be sharing with you this conversation with my dear sister, Danilna Rocky, because as I've continued to do the deep internal work and continue to hold space, helping my clients do the deep internal work, I think one of the most important conversations and topics we as women need to talk about is healing and becoming more more aware and more connected with our female body and to become, you know, have that discernment on what, what feels right and trusting that intuition and that inner knowing and to speak up and to bring forth conversation and to really break the stereotypes and taboos that have been so conditioned in our society. I mean, when I think about it as a little girl, we were, I was never told about my body. I had like one class, what one class when it came time to have the talk about puberty, but there was nothing in terms about understanding the female body or talking about what's going on, what is happening within my body, my cervix, any of that. I've had to learn throughout my own experience or my own healing throughout my own research about what it means to have this relationship with my body. I mean, it's such a cool time that we live in history where more and more women are having the courage to speak up and to bring more education about not only how to heal these traumas of shame, because I think there's so much childhood shame around puberty and, you know, red tents and helping, helping bring this, this rite of passage as a woman of having your first bleed or, you know, what it takes for you to really 
step into that space as a young woman, we didn't have that. And I think more and more women are really understanding the relationship with their body and the connection of our cervix with our voice and speaking our truth and really birthing the life that we want, birthing our visions and from this space being of service. And, you know, we all come out through the cervix. We all have to navigate through the cervix. And it's just pretty fascinating to me to see what's happening and how more and more women are stepping into their power and more and more women are having these conversations and sharing how they've healed themselves and really Huh, reclaiming what it means to be empowered. And today I have Danelle in this episode and, you know, really having a relationship with your body so that you can heal yourself. This is what Danelle is so passionate about. And I've just been so inspired by her to see how she's defeated the odds of what doctors told her what she can and can't do. And to be able to share her story and her journey is pretty phenomenal. And if you don't know her, she is an author and an educator and a guide who really specializes in women's wellness and earth-based health. And she's here to help people heal and to help women connect to their bodies and to really find the space of empowerment through healing yourself. And more and more people are finding success in this because they're determined to shake shit up. No is not an answer for them. And they're defeating the odds. And I think it's such a rad time to be alive and to have this conversation because we are setting precedent for the children to come. And it was really fun. You're going to hear in this episode, but we were, I was talking with Danelle about like, wow, you really need to create a book for young girls, the book that we didn't have that can educate more so that we can feel more empowered and embodied and to really just have this deeper relationship at a young age. So we can really conquer the shame, especially because the cervix is so connected to the lower chakras. You know, me, the lower triangle, this is the foundation for success. This is the foundation for our reality. And so if we can conquer this and become aware of it at a young age, we're going to help a lot of people down the line as they continue to evolve and they continue to grow. So we're talking about her journey to share her mission. We're talking about transcending this childhood shame, healing the lineage by doing this work and how, you know, vaccines and the rise of vaccines to help prevent HPV, woof. And it's actually worth seeing revo- reverse results is pretty fascinating. And lately, as you've been hearing on multiple episodes, I've been talking a lot about entheogens and plant medicines and how we can work with these tools and this medicine to really awaken our awareness around this deep ancestral wounding and honoring the catalyst for transformation because we need more people showing up and stepping into their power. And so I'm so excited to be sharing with you this episode. Make sure you're subscribed. And if you love this episode, leave a rating and review on iTunes. Make sure you send a screenshot and tag me 
at Sabrina Riccio and at Sovereign Society Podcast. Tag Danelle at Cervical Wellness. And we want to hear what your conversation is with your friends and how this conversation has impacted you. Uh, Because if we have more and more empowered women in the world, this is how we're going to revolutionize this place. And we have the power to change destiny of humanity if we step more into our power. And so this is the time for us to really transform the fabric of the universe. And this conversation will inspire you to do so. So without further ado, I'm excited to be sharing with you this conversation and for you to meet my dear sister, Danelle. Enjoy. Hello, 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 and welcome to an episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. I love having, I've got my dear sister, Danelle here of Cervical Wellness. And what I love about conversations like these is that The more people we have that unapologetically share their journey and their truth, the more empowered people feel about being vulnerable and understanding that they aren't alone. And for me, my biggest drive for people is to understand that the lone wolf days are over and we're not alone on these journeys anymore. If anything, the support, the Aquarian age is all about community and cooperation and connection and really seeing that there isn't much separation between us. And so I'm excited to be talking with Danelle here because her passion about cervical wellness is a topic that has never really been addressed in a proper way, I feel. We didn't grow up learning this shit, you know, and I think we became the generation to really speak up on behalf of women's reproductive rights, women's health in a, in a way that is backed, not just by science, but with experience, because we are the sacred disruptors that are saying, we're not going to be in these vicious cycles anymore where this information isn't available. And I also, when I was preparing for this, I was like, I feel like this is why casting really came came strong right now. You know what I mean? Is because we're going back to that ancient wisdom of storytelling and to really bring in that, you know, we around the fire now is in a podcast where we're in different places of the world, but we're sitting here in these sacred circles to to share our experience and our wisdom. And so I just wanted to say thank you for your vulnerability speaking up on a topic that, like I said, isn't really spoken enough about, isn't there's an enough education about. And I just appreciate you taking that leap and really saying, hey, I'm here to answer the call. Well, thank you for your acknowledgement. It's been a um it's been a big leap of vulnerability and test of faith. And I wouldn't have any other way, really. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm sure I've heard your story on so many other conversations and things like that. But you know, for me, it's I want you to talk about it, but there's something the the quote that I live by is from Steve Palvina, and he says that passion and purpose go hand in hand. And when you find what it is that you're proud about, that is what is aligned to your purpose here. And so I would love for you to share your journey 
uh, talking about this passion that you have to bring education and awareness about cervical health. Yeah, I'm happy to share. Um, I'm going to first say that I never saw myself going into this field. This was never something that I planned on doing. It was never like a life goal. I didn't necessarily want to be in the women's health field. You mean this wasn't your dream when you were a little girl? No, <laughs> no, no not even close. I wanted to be playing in the forest with animals and like, making <laughs> herbal things, whatever, <laughs> play make-believe. Um, but this journey of starting a business called Cervical Wellness came from my own healing experience Um, As you mentioned, my story is told in many different places on the internet, but I will do a synopsis here for your listeners. Uh, At the age of 19, I was diagnosed with HPV and cervical dysplasia, which is basically an abnormal pap smear. And my doctor at Planned Parenthood basically was like, oh, you're young, just go. You don't need to worry about it. And I was a very wild 19-year-old. I was like the quintessential party girl <clears throat> doing, you know, beer bongs and keg stands and all sorts of the different norm, things. The norm, you know, yeah. You know, the norm <laughs> college experience. <laughs> and so I heeded what my doctor said and I didn't pay an ounce of attention to my reproductive health, even though I received this diagnosis. Um, I continue to have the same diagnosis for about four years and going now into my early 20s, I was um, graduated, I moved back home, I was in a new relationship and the dysplasia, which is abnormal cells on the cervix considered a precancerous condition, actually began to worsen in an extreme way. I was going up the levels pretty quickly and um, the doctors I was seeing at the time were very concerned with my health status. Uh, But the only options they would ever give me was to receive the HPV vaccine, which I was like, why would I get a vaccine for something that I already have? That doesn't make sense to me. Or to have these highly invasive surgical treatments that I looked up on the internet and I scared the bejesus out out of myself. I was like, I am not doing that without anesthesia. And I might not be able to give natural birth afterwards. Like, no, thank you. So four years after receiving the initial diagnosis, my doctors were very tired of me not listening to them. So they sent me away to- Were you like 23 at this time? Yes, 23. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got sent away to a big fancy teaching hospital to see a big fancy OBGYN who did another colposcopy biopsy, which if you've had a colposcopy biopsy, you know what I'm talking about because it's essentially like a hole punch of your cervix. They take a chunk out of it. And she essentially told me, yep, I have HPV. Yep, I have cervical dysplasia. But because I was ignoring their treatments, that there was nothing more they can do for me. And so she literally sent me out the door being like, yeah, sorry, you're going to get cancer. And the way I tell the story is that I was um, I was in the shower after this appointment. I was completely distraught. I was like completely convinced I was going to develop cancer and die at a young age. Never, you know, achieve my dreams or do all the things I wanted to do. But there, there was this very visceral experience of a light turning on in my body. It was like a spark of light or 
I don't, it was like, I was in the dark and suddenly I was in the light. I don't know how to really describe it. It was ineffable or it is ineffable. Uh, but like this voice came online. It was like, Danelle, don't worry. We're going to figure this out. And from that moment forward, for three years, I took myself on a healing journey of learning everything I possibly could about the cervix, about cervical health, about women's health, about health, about healing, about wellness. And, um, you know, this compounded with my already deepening spiritual journey and, you know, exploring plant medicines and consciousness and spirituality. Uh, I ended up you know, three years after that moment in the shower, receiving the inf- the news that I had healed myself. I got a call from my doctor on a Saturday, which was strange because doctors don't call you on Saturdays. And she's like, Danelle, I couldn't wait to tell you on Monday, but the HPV is gone and your cervix is the healthiest I had ever seen it. Like, how did you do it? And this was seven years after my initial diagnosis. And so very, very quickly, my elation and joy and celebration changed into anger and wrath and like what the actual, I don't know if you can cuss on this podcast, what the actual (laughs) fuck, why did I have to teach this to myself? Why did I have to spend so much time and energy and resources to gather up all this information. I even took myself back to grad school. I got my master's in integrative health. I'm like, what the hell? Why aren't women told this? Like, why is all this information so disparate? And why isn't it coalesced into one place so that people who have abnormal pap smears can go and figure out what they need to do instead of just being thrust down this path of fear and, um, you know, treatments that are quite harmful for the human body. So when I began to feel this deep anger, I was actually on the path of becoming um, like a forest therapy guide. I was, I was still in the field of health and wellness, but I was, my focus was on nature and nature-based healing and actually mushrooms, uh, psilocybin mushrooms. And I wrote my thesis on psilocybin. Uh, but as I began to feel this anger and talk to more women, more and more women about this, I realized that there was a huge gap in information and education. And so I put together my very first workshop. I charged $5 and I invited women from my community to come. And the response I received was overwhelming. People were like, Danelle, I've never told anybody about this, but I've had HPV for 10 years or, oh my gosh, I've had abnormal paps my whole life and I have never said anything. And I always thought I was stuck with it. So the path of me developing and starting cervical wellness came from this recognition that there is a deep need for women to know what is happening in their bodies and that this, um, this proceed, not procedure, this test that we and go get every year, every three years now, the pap smear, 
like, why do we need to do that? Why do we have to have a pap smear? What is the cervix? What are these things that they are checking out? Um, all of this information that none of us n- knew uh, is now information that I share. And it is my hope and my intention that through sharing this information that those with female bodies can be informed and empowered when it comes to their cervical health and recognition that you don't actually have to follow the treatment plan that Western medicine provides you that there are other ways to help ourselves. So that's my story in short. I love that. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely, there's not enough education. And I feel like I said, like we are the generation that is bringing more of this awareness so that when our daughters into the time of the pubescent age, that there's actually information they can run with. I remember like when I had like the talk about periods and stuff, there was, there was nothing to be expressed. It was like, okay, here's a pad. If you have period, like use this. And that was pretty much it. There's not, and like, I I would love to see in a time where, especially at a young age for these young, young women, I would love to see like a female gynecologist to be the one that goes to these schools and talks about it. Not just like the coach, the health teacher that doesn't really have the qualification. I think this is a huge part of the developmental phase. Cause for me, I'm so passionate about the development of the lower triangle, the lower three chakras. And to me, it's the foundation for everything. It's what I teach in my courses. It's what I, what I share is that that lower triangle events are physical reality. And if there are inconsistencies or, you know, the energy isn't flowing, um, there's still trauma in those spaces. We can't be in our full authentic power. And I think especially as young women, a lot of girls are really shy and they don't know like what is going on. Like I'm bleeding, you know, and not enough of the education. I know for me, I was raised by my immigrant grandparents and my mom worked all the time because they have my parents own a restaurant and I didn't have these. I had to learn way down the line, like you know, in my mid teens, essentially, if not even later about really what was happening. And that was a huge piece of my lack of confidence in myself and a lot of shame. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel like that is actually the thread that ties together. All of our shame is the fact that we don't know about our bodies or we're not told that it's okay to know about our bodies, that uh, it's okay to talk about our bodies and it's okay to ask questions about our bodies. You know, I have two nieces, one's going to turn 12 in about two months and I was actually forbidden from talking to her or answering her questions about puberty because they their parents are afraid that because of who I am and what I talk about that I would be too radical. Right. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, she, but she's coming to me asking about her body and like, what Mm -hmm. am I supposed to say? I've been forbidden. It's strange that we are forbidden from talking about our bodies. So what do you see as like your vision for 
these future young women, these young women and the future leaders of tomorrow, how, what's the big dream that you see in regards to bringing more of awareness and this education to these young ladies? Oh man, I have such a big vision, Sabrina. I, I really dream of a time where if like soon to be mothers, <laughs> that they are invited to begin like at pregnancy to start thinking about how are they going to raise their daughters? How are, mm. like, how are we going to be in our bodies to um, mirror to them what is a healthy way to be in our bodies? I would love for there to actually be a handbook or a guidebook or some sort of like checklist, like, oh, you should talk to your daughter about this. You should talk to your daughter. I had to just interrupt you because I saw this vision of like you creating that book. I just saw, I saw it as like illustrations and like, you know, maybe an audio book or like a, like a video. I don't know, some kind of thing, but I just saw that vision so clear for you, Danelle. Mm -hmm. Mm. You know, I've never said that out loud before. This was like the first time I ever said that out loud. So that's... We're calling it in. Yeah, <laughs> it's happening. Because <laughs> there's, all, you know, I hear mothers say all the time, like, "Oh, you know, my baby didn't come with a, a handbook." I'm like, "Well, what if there is a handbook for being a mother of a daughter?" You know, what if there is like, okay, well, if you start to notice your daughter experiencing this or showing these signs of puberty, like how this is a good time to have this conversation. You know, the with the advent of the internet. Young kids are finding out information anyway, and what if we um, prime the pump and set them up for success to learn information from us rather than from, you know, online sources that perhaps are not for their highest good? Right. I I feel like that helps break the taboo. You know, yes. and I think this is part of, I mean, for instance, I'm leaving for Bali. Well, this is out of Bali and I'm, requ- I'm writing about my journey of the development of my lower chakra and wishing that there was that education when I was a little girl. And when I was 23, this was all the stuff that really lightning accident. This was all the things that I've really had to address and, and talk about and the, love myself and go back to love that, that younger version of myself, because how else am I supposed to evolve into like the full embodiment of the woman I am if there's still that trauma from my childhood? Exactly. And I can't tell you how, like, I'd say it's like 95% of all my clients all have this experience of having shame of their body as a little girl. And then it just like, then from being a little girl, like through teenage years until early twenties, even until late twenties, there's just this disconnect because of that initial shame, or maybe we touched ourselves or we're like exploring ourselves in the mirror or or checking out a friend and some authority figure just like cut it off. And it takes until we have something wrong with us for us to come back to this connection. And um, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that was a huge part of the work I had to really do. And especially Catholic school girl, like, Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Like eight years of Catholic school. And there was like 11 girls in my class and I didn't really resonate with any of them. And so I'm like, the thing that I'm just so passionate about is really 
cultivating that conscious tomorrow today and to make sure that I just think that's a huge part of why our generation is kind of holding back in regards to um, having kids later or all these things. We are really taking that responsibility of doing the deep internal healing work so that doesn't get passed down and really. Yep. Yep. We are all healing our familial lines and especially with the work of the cervix and reproductive health in general, female reproductive health, we are working with our mother lines and like our mother, mother's, mother's, mother's lineage and the trauma that is passed through the womb, through the ovaries and through the birth canal. And, um, that's some deep work right there. The mother wound. Whoa. <laughs> oh yeah. How about my, my, uh, my Venus is conjunct my Chiron. Mm. So that's like real fun. <laughs> and I, it was, that was a huge part of my Saturn return. My mm-hmm. Saturn return was to come back to the desert to heal the last wound of my uh, childhood. I moved back to caretake my mother's mother. Wow. Um, and then as soon as she died, the year after I started my Saturn return. And to me, that's so much of my passion in the world to do is to see the way that I see it. It's like, first, we have to do that deep internal healing work first. And then we can go into that con- conscious partnership work. And then we can really do that conscious work. But because we are becoming so sensitive today and we are being you know, there's just so much more awareness as more and more people into this path and more people do the deep work. You can't ignore it. If you self aligned or woke or whatever, this is the, the shit is a non-negotiable to really address. Yeah. Well, and when we don't address it, when we choose to ignore it, it bites us in the ass and we have reproductive health concerns like PCOS or uterine fibroids or chronic miscarriages or, you know, you name it. There, there is such a plethora of female reproductive health conditions. And I feel like within the last 10 years, it's just like exploded. Everyone I know now has something wrong with their pelvis. And, uh, I know that to be the deep call from within our body to process all of this generational trauma that has happened to uh, our maternal lineages in particular. Yeah, I I refer to the millennials as that dark generation because we are the ones that are saying, it ends with me. Yeah. Why does another generation need to go through the shit that I've had to go through, that my, my mom go through, that my grandmother had to go through? Right. And that takes soul. Yeah, well, it's definitely a courageous warrior path. That's for sure. It is mm-hmm. not the easiest thing. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, I'm, I'm, I find it also really more and more women are choosing to stop taking birth control, and they're working on understanding and having this healthy relationship with their homes and their cycles naturally because they're seeing how, you know, how birth control has made us not want our period, like not to have our periods for years. Like that's not healthy. And, you know, so many times, like they just give the birth control to kids at a young age. I remember uh, when the Gardasil shot, shot was first coming out, my mom like made 
she said a hard no for my sister and I to have it. And the fact that there's so many women still getting this HPV with the shot. Yeah, actually it's coming out. Uh, I just saw an article the other day. Um, it was, it was from the UK that, the Gardasil generation actually has the has higher rates of cervical cancer than the previous generation. And you're actually more like if those who have had Gardasil are actually more likely to develop cervical cancer. It is it is ridiculous. Like big name medical people are coming out and saying this. Yeah. And it was crazy because actually right before I pushed record, I was on Twitter because I was with what's going on with the Iowa caucus. I shit you not. I saw an ad about Gardasil right before I jumped on this call. And it was like, you should have your 10 to 12 year old vaccinated, you know? And of course these big pharmaceutical companies, it's just, it blew my mind. I said, of course this, this would come through, you know, the damn algorithm knowing I'm talking to Danelle and yep. it follows just, me. yeah, yeah. To me, just something that um, I have this space, this platform to speak up. Mm. Like earlier today, I, re- I had it launched a couple weeks ago with, um, I had congressional candidate Shahid Batar for San Francisco's 12th district and uh, California's 12th district, Francisco. And just bringing more of this awareness too about um, Medicare for all and the overall health um, opportunity. Cause the question I asked him is, you know, like here, we're paying all this money for insurance, but a lot of the things that we need aren't even covered. Like I can't go to a naturopath or Eastern medicines and a lot of these, these alternative medicines, you know, looking forward to the day where plant medicines and psychedelics are, 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 you know, more recognized. And so I would love to hear if, you know, you're saying you were studying a lot about your master and when you were doing your master's, if that or any other plant medicine really helped you, um, during your healing process from not just the trauma of the news and trying to figure out what is going on, but also to help you transmute and really, and really take this and like kick its ass. Oh, yes. I'm so glad you asked me this because nobody ever asks me this. I love these topics. (laughs) (laughs) So plant medicines and theogens were or have been, but specifically with reversing abnormal pap smears were a pivotal uh, role, played a pivotal role in my healing journey. Um, It was actually the one and only ayahuasca journey that I embarked on um, that revealed to me the deep, like, scary deep wounds of my maternal lineage within my body. I wasn't even aware of that until I uh, uh, sat with uh, grandmother ayahuasca, but the um, psilocybin mushrooms, I actually, in the my book that I just released, in the conclusion, I write about a, a mushroom journey that I took and like the mushrooms just for me uh, have helped compost the uh, unaligned energies within my body that were holding up the infrastructure for HPV and cervical dysplasia to manifest physically in my body. I feel like um, the sacred mushrooms uh, are a a very powerful tool to um, have the veils lifted from your eyes 
to get clear as to what isn't working in your life. And then with that knowledge, you can then make steps or take steps and make changes in your life um, to bring about a new form of energy so that the internal structure within your energy system no longer supports HPV, cervical dysplasia, or any other disease or whatnot. Um, uh, at the beginning of my healing of these diagnoses, I communed with plants a lot, probably more than was necessary, but I just like loved it. I'm like, this is amazing. I love these um, beautiful allies. However, now I tended to use them more ceremonially, maybe once a year. And then the last, um, the last session I had sitting with the mushrooms. Um, once again, they revealed to me that the, the, the work that we are doing here as millennials, as millennial women who are reclaiming our bodies is 100% um, transforming the fabric of the universe. Like we are changing the destiny of humanity by reclaiming our pelvis. And there has been a long history, thousands of years of the female pelvis being commodified, of being like owned by someone else, of being not ours. And so when we as women reclaim this place in ourselves, uh, we are changing timelines. And that is what plant medicine continuously reveals to me is that we are changing timelines by doing this work and we can actively choose which timeline we are entering into by way of doing this work. I concur. Aho. Amen. <laughs> I hear you 100% because for me, so much of that deep inner child trauma was able to be addressed and really honored since embarking on the plant medicine path, which is why I am so passionate about it. Cause you said, you know, when I asked like, what do you want to be? You're like, I wanted to be with the forest and just playing around for me. When I was a little girl, I wanted to be a pediatrician. And so at that, that to me, like, you know, when we, the thing that I always like to tell people and clients is like, start understanding the puzzle pieces of the things that sparked interest and sparked you at a young age and understand how it's really giving a sneak peek as to that purpose and as to that mission. And so for me, wanting to be a pediatrician at a young age, that has transmuted and transformed into helping people heal their inner child. Beautiful. And for me, the the ultimate and the last peyote ceremony I did a couple of weeks ago, my intention was to mature my inner child because there was just so much of that wound and pain and and so much suffering that I was I'm so done with that story. And you know, that's why for me to to round it up by going to Bali to write my book about my inner child and to talk about my child, my journey into where I am now. It's been the guidance of plant medicine, like you said, to see the alignment of timelines and to, I mean, it's, it's been amazing. One of, for me, like one of the biggest things that it's helped is to reclaim my power and to speak my truth, especially like with my, my dad, especially, you know, here's this like stigma about like speaking about plant medicines or, you know, whatever, but I've been very open with my dad because they, both were there for me so much after through a difficult LSD trip. 
And then I got struck by lightning and, you know, like two months after that, that difficult LSD trip. So I talked to him like, you know, a week ago and I was like, clearly you've seen in the past three years, especially since I started working with the grandmother, but more actively with psilocybin too. I was like, you've seen how much I've shifted. You know, there's, there's no denying the amount of clarity and the amount of focus because I'm not caught up in those stories and the healing and like the traumas of my, of my inner child. And I say this because again, that, that space, the, the sacral chakra, that big developmental space is between the ages of around seven and 16, the pubescent years. And that's the other thing I think about too, which is why um, you know, so many of us, especially as millennials during those pubescent years, it was 9-11 era. So there was already a lot of trauma coming in space as like environmentally, uh, as we are developing and going through puberty. And so I think that's why there's even more of um, a drive and like a hunger and an, to speak up and to be vigilantes in a way about like, I'm shaking shit up here. I mean, in more of this awareness is because during those pubescent years, we didn't feel safe. Yeah, I'm just shaking my head being like, wow, you're so right. I didn't even consider the fact that during those very formidable years was like a very scary time to be in the United States. And, um, you know, one thing that I teach about the cervix is that the cervix actually sits in between um, the first and second chakras. So it's not necessarily just of the first is not necessarily just of the second, but it's like it's a that bridge, bridge between the mm-hmm. two. And so. For many of us, maybe we, during those pubescent years, uh, during the time of, you know, solidifying that energy in our sacrum, we maybe had sex for the first time and it wasn't, you know, amazing or it wasn't even (laughs) consensual or, you know, whatever could have gone wrong, maybe went wrong. And having that happen, I know for me, I had sex at a very young age. I was almost, I was like a month before my 16th birthday. And that's to me, like way too young to have that sex. I don't know what I was thinking, but that alongside of this sensation of being unsafe, just being in the world, I know kind of just imprinted my cervix in my body with like, okay, yep, here's this schism of energy that is now going to compound for the next four years until you receive this diagnosis. So it's, it's really amazing how our, our world and our community and our families and our unique lives can all layer upon each other to determine the health of our body. Yeah. I mean, these are just the things that I, I just really, I put, I'm a dot connector and these are the things I really think about during these phases of, cause like I said, the lower chakras is your physical reality, mm-hmm. the upper three chakras are your spirituality. And what's the bridge of that is the heart. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I have, I've just done, that was part of my journey was to really get honest, especially around the ages of like birth to graduating college around that, that period, you know, and seeing I had, that was like the root of like severe trauma and depression. You know, they wanted to give me pharmaceuticals for 
to help overcome depression because I had prolonged depression. Mm-hmm. So that prolonged depression was ADHD because <laughs> I couldn't focus because I had prolonged depression. Wow. <laughs> it's just all braided together. It's yeah. And so it, you know, the, and then they were like, okay, well then we're going to put you on birth control. And I'm like, this is, this is fucking me up even more. And so I just, something that I'm just so passionate about again, is just to share these stories to help people reclaim that you don't need this crutch. We like, we, we can, we can handle this. We have support from God in our guides and you have it within you to overcome whatever challenge may be coming up. Of course it takes diligence and of course it takes you getting uncomfortable or being vulnerable, but what's on the other side of that is that life you desire. And one thing that's coming through that wants to be said is that um, psilocybin mushrooms I found in my research with my, for my thesis is they are like the, I guess you can say like the best plant medicine to take, to interrupt those um, patterns of thought or behavior. So for example, persistent depression or persistent anxiety, or just a a way of experiencing life that is prolonged, that is negative, that you just like feel like you can't pop out of. Psilocybin mushrooms are really powerful and potent way in a short amount of time to like flush the brain with serotonin and just kind of have a reset. So I'm, I know you're interviewing me, but I'm curious if, um, the mushrooms helped you at all with your depression. Oh, that's why that was the saving grace for me. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. In a way, in a way, because I had that, that prolonged depression and I had mushrooms for the first time when I was in Thailand is um, the year after I got struck by lightning and my nervous system and my PTSD and the psychosis. And I went to Mushroom Mountain in Thailand and I ate a mushroom shake and I didn't know, I still aware of my sensitivities because since the lightning accident and because of the work I do, I, I, could, I see a lot of people's trauma and I see a lot of people's stories and you know the things and sometimes going into crowds it's very overwhelming for me um very for me because I have to also check in with that martyr of like oh I can fix everyone (laughs) you know and so for me especially microdosing which has been something um I microdose with like um five um uh NAD plus and I'll do it with ashwagandha and other supplements um, to help me balance my brain in that way, um, to really allow my nervous system to to stay space. But I mean, you see me on Instagram, I would not be as vocal and open about plant medicines if I, you know, if if they didn't help me. And that was a huge thing I had to heal because, you know, for me, again, going back to that sacral healing, like I remember, like there was a lot of that my mom went through that I was always around and my mom didn't trust me going to to high school that she wanted to send me to an all-girls school like in LA and there was a lot of these things I had to feel safe you know like how I never I didn't feel safe
Really, I feel like the, the subject of sacred plant medicines or sex or women's health or um, even spirituality in, in some ways, um, they have been so taboo because they're so right. Like this is what uh, we are. Uh, we have a right to to these things, to knowing our body, to working with the plants, to being connected to God. And has been a purposeful um, purposeful forgetting or purposeful alignment situation so that the people will forget them. But it's because of people like you and I, that we are reminding everybody like, Hey, this is available. Hey, we can use these things. Hey, we can connect to ourselves. Hey, we can connect to the divine and our lives will be better. And I love, I've been using your phrase sacred disruptor recently because I just love that so much. And I'm, uh, I, I feel like the braiding together of all of these different taboo subjects is exactly what our world needs right now. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel as though this decade, 20, especially with 2020 Crystal Vision, this is literally like the ball is in your court. It's time. And I feel as though the more we have um, positive and genuine like this in a, in a way is research like this has been research and development within our own lives we have been our own research and development mm-hmm. and experience there's something powerful with experience that can't be denied like experience has you can buy all the books you can purchase all the courses but the true testament of of the work is through that experience yep And so the more we share our experiences authentically, vulnerably, unapologetically, the more people feel safe to go there. And I think the more that when we speak our truth, we're protected. Like God's got our back. Spirit has our back when we are fully embodied in our truth. It's why we came here. And trust me, there have been many a times in many situations where I was like, I'm going to fucking shake shit up here. And there were times where it felt scary, but I also saw how guided and protected I am. And damn believe that you committing to doing this, and especially if you commit to doing the deep ancestral work, of course, your ancestors are always with you, but they're really rooting for you because you were the one that consciously and bravely chose to be that disruptor. You are the one that said like, it ends with me. And they may have not had that opportunity. And one one thing that I really love about the work that I'm doing right now is that even though I am like under the umbrella of women's health, a large part of what I do with clients is help them feel safe in being able to express their voice because, you know, the, as you say, the lower chakras are tied to the upper and, you know, we're meeting the middle here at the heart, but the work that we do in the pelvis uh, affects the work that you do in your throat and the way you express yourself. And so for me, you know, I, my business is called cervical wellness and I help women reverse abnormal pap smears and deepen their connection to their cervix. And my whole intention with this business is to basically cultivate an army of empowered and embodied women to rise up in leadership, to use their voice, to transform the reality that we're in. Uh, so I love like, it. Yeah. It's like, it's, 
my intention and goal is to help women drop so deeply into themselves and be so anchored and tied to their body that they feel safe in who they are. And then we can have, you know, strong, powerful women in leadership, leadership positions that will not be blown over by perhaps a rageful, uh, you know, person of the patriarchy that were just like, oh, look at you go, you're blowing out. Okay, well, here I'm going to step forward in my embodied power and speak the truth that needs to be spoken. Well, to go on that, I think that's been one of the biggest challenges of the people in quote unquote leadership, especially in our political establishment, is that those generations they were never taught to do the inner child work. And so there's a lot of children running the place because they're looking for that love and that attention they never got. So the more that we allow ourselves to be in the space of being in our truth, the more we allow ourselves of committing and devoting our time and our energy and our money into investing in ourselves and investing in our healing. It's, setting precedent as we talked about for a timeline and for a journey and an experience that's beyond your wildest dreams. Yep. Something that's never been experienced before or else we'd already be there. Right. Right. And I think people are scared about the um, potential of amazingness. It's like for so many people, I feel like keep themselves down in this like, oh, well, this is all it can be, but it can be freaking incredible. Like we can right. have, I don't want to go too far, but maybe utopia is a possibility. Yeah. I mean, I just think by the Marianne Williamson quote, our deepest fear isn't that we're inadequate, quit, it's that we're strong beyond measure. Exactly. Exactly. And I know that's something I've had to work through. And I'm like, sometimes with my, again, with my nervous system, I'm like, Ooh, this is intense. Let me tell you, I've been feeling it as I prepare for Bali and to go teach at these refugee camps for the UN. I'm just like, um, wow. and it's, it's a lot. It's definitely that invitation for me to, uh, to know that. And that's the thing I want people to understand. I think you get that too. Like there's no accident why we experience what we do. Right. Right. I've actually been sharing this recently on Instagram that for me, my diagnosis and going through that pain and hardship was actually a gift that it was the catalyst I needed to wake me up out of sleeping unconsciousness into awakened consciousness and being in my body and here for greater service. So yes. This, can, this is the ca- the catalyst of transformation is yes. what it is. And you're answering the call, you're choosing to be brave, and you're unapologetically being you. Mm-hmm. It's time for all of us to give ourselves permission to be big. Big so, energy. Yes, let's do this. And then yeah. I want to talk about the book that you oh. just released. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, I birthed something. Yeah. <laughs> cool. How was that process? Oh. So, yeah, I've been talking about the book book, uh, a lot recently. And and what I realized is that um, when I started cervical wellness, I never started cervical wellness with the intention of having a business. I always just wanted to write a book. And so everything that I've been doing has been with the intention of bringing all of this information into a coalesced form so that if someone receives an abnormal pap smear, they can be like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Oh, here's this resource. Um, 
It's been a beautiful journey of being humbled by the power of information and also recognizing that when you write a book, that it takes on a life of its own. And it's not just about the writing process. There is so much behind a book that people don't even realize. Um, And also, I wish I don't have a book next to me, but um, the book cover that I chose is kind of radical. It's of my fist holding a speculum. And (laughs) so many people have issues with the book cover. Like way to trigger them. I appreciate that. (laughs) Like so many men are like, what is that? I'm like, you need to know what the heck a speculum is. If you are inside of a woman at all, you need to know (laughs) what a speculum is. Um, But I feel like I now have this resource that I can share with people that is uh, relatively inexpensive, at least in, you know, Western money terms, um, that people can read and have a method or a template they can follow to heal themselves or to take steps to change their lifestyle so that their body does what it does naturally. And that is um, remove dead, dying abnormal cells and replace them with healthy new cells as well as repressed viruses. So the book I feel is um, a huge accomplishment in my life in bringing um, a potential pathway to others who perhaps wouldn't know about that pathway elsewise. I love it. I love it. I look at you're already making guides. So you can totally make that one for <laughs> for, for, mothers. for mother mothers. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not so, a mother yet though. So I, I'm wondering well, once I'm- the time comes, you know, and I, I mean, I'm totally one of those people too. It's like once I've experienced and I feel like then there's that credibility. Right. And that's, that was to me, like, I remember my last pap that I had, I went to a new doctor and he was like, you know, the doctor to go to. And my like childhood best friend's mom is his nurse. And he just thought I was off my fucking rocker, you know, cause, and like, and, and, her, and, and the nurse was like, oh yeah, this is Sabrina. She's the free spirit. And it was really challenging because the conversation between him and I, like, whew, like he, it just, I just didn't feel like I was seen. I didn't feel like I was heard. And I'm just like, I will never go back to that space, you know, with him. And I think that's been the other thing. Like, I just pray that there's more OBGYN and, you know, that, and these gynecologists that allow us to, especially as more and more women are waking up and becoming more conscious of our cycles and our bodies, that there are more of these women that actually help us feel seen and heard. Yeah. Yeah. My gynecologists get very annoyed with me because I have a list of like 25 questions and I like delineate how they're going to do the exam. And they're like, who are you? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I, I do have hope because I have been reached out to by several, um, I guess they're not allopathic OBGYNs or more like naturopathic. Um, yeah, I don't. I I hope that uh, allopathic medicine will you know pick up the the template of integrative and holistic health because that is where we're headed. We're we're headed towards a more uh, holistic way of looking at the body. Um, and well, I think they, conversations like this help bring that momentum going, and that's right. why there's going to be a hunger and there's more of that opportunity because the doors are 
are opening. Yes. Yes. And uh, everybody who's worked with me or who follows me, they always tell me like, my gynecologist is mad at me now. I'm like, well, maybe they need to get mad. Maybe they need to get uncomfortable. Maybe they're the ones that need to feel like they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to see the evolutionary process of medicine. Um, the more, you know, the internet, has its challenges, but it's also such a blessing of bringing forth the awareness and the transparency we all deserve, especially when it comes to our reproductive rights and the truth and our our health. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The internet has made it so that doctors are no longer God. Like we don't see them as like these no Be all know all. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, oh, actually, there's this whole other body of information what do you have to say about this and often they don't have much to say yeah I mean like I said I'm I'm sitting over here doing what I can to bring more of these conversations more of these awareness I'm I'm more on the field of mental health and you're on that path of cervical health but seeing the bridge between the two and all other um, health issues you know that it's where this holistic experience and we need to understand all the pieces that make us who we are well i love you and i want to round up with some lightning round questions sounds good what would you say was the book that really revolutionized you and your spiritual path oh my gosh why can't i remember what it's called i can see the cover what oh celestine prophecy Mm, good one yeah what would you say has been an animal totem that's really been guiding you lately? The wolf. Mm. What about it? Um, the, that the fact that there's an alpha or alphas, but they are also packs. So there's like the individual power, but also part of a collective whole. And I've been really tuning into that. Mm. What does sovereignty mean to you? Personal choice and action. Mm. What would you say to younger Danelle? You're so beautiful and you don't need to lose weight. Mm. Where can we find more of you? Mm, cervicalwellness.com or on Instagram at cervicalwellness. I'm very much on Instagram. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel. You look up my name, Danelle Naraki, and I have quite, I have like 150 videos there all about the cervical healing journey or women's health healing journey. Um, yeah, those are the places you can find me. I have lots of free resources for those of you who are experiencing abnormal pap smears, or if you have friends who have abnormal pap smears, if you don't know, ask your friends. Um, we should be talking about this more and yeah, check them out. I have lots of free things for people who need support and also paid things. (laughs) Yes. And what's the last little nugget of wisdom you want to share that's coming through right now? That little guidance that little boost yeah your body knows exactly what it needs to heal and all we need to do is listen and that small voice inside will guide you to where you need to go and all you have to do is listen and let it guide you yes i love that Danelle, thank you so much for getting and being so vulnerable and open and real with me. I've loved this conversation on so many levels and thank you for answering the call and doing the work and unapologetically sharing your story and your truth with all of us. Thank you, Sabrina. 
Thanks everyone for tuning in and go check out Danelle and remember that yes, your body is a temple. Yes, you are the one that is co-creating your reality and you have the power to really go out there and unleash your medicine with the world. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll be seeing you soon. (laughs) Thanks so much for tuning into this powerful episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. To keep this conversation flowing, I invite you to join us over at the Sovereign Society private Facebook group and to follow us over at Sovereign Society Podcast on Instagram. If you want to keep up with me, subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can watch these episodes and so much more. I welcome you to come on over and say hey on Instagram at Sabrina Riccio. And if you love these conversations, please support the podcast by subscribing and leaving a rating and review on iTunes. To share the love, all you got to do is search Sovereign Society Podcasts. And of course, if you're ready for more, stay tuned for next week because I've got a whole new episode coming your way. Take care. Satnam.